0: Welcome to episode five of the Skillshop Pincast. I'm your host Graham, and I'm Kayla, and uh, we are recording this on June fourteenth, and you're hopefully listening to this around uh, mid July or so. Yeah,
1: right after July fourth. So happy birthday, America!
0: Yeah, I hope you had a good time, America.
1: Uh, sitting with us today Hi. is a special guest and friend of ours, Bobby Conover.
0: Yes, Bobby Conover is the owner and operator of 20XX Amusements. Uh, he has games at Full Tilt in Ballard and Pies and Pints. Hello. Hey, Bobby. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Makes me feel special. That should make you feel special. <laughs> oh, man. So, that yeah, our, uh, our topic today is uh,
2: operating.
1: Yeah. Uh, I met Bobby probably around... 2011, 2010 or so?
2: 20, yeah, somewhere in there. Like
1: right before you started hopping at Full Tilt, because mm-hmm. I was working there. Yeah. And you hosted a New Year's Eve tournament there. Um, that was the first time I'd met people like Kaylee George or Kevin Burrell mm-hmm. and Raymond. And it was funny because you had Kayla Ellington with you. Mm-hmm. So there's two Kaylas and a Kaylee in the building at the same time. And that did not get confusing at all. That
2: has been... <laughs> that's actually been a uh, concern of mine forever, because... Kayla, Kayla Ellington was my girlfriend for many years. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you how many times I've texted some sort of sweet message to Kayla and then your name. I realized at the last <laughs> second that it's Kayla Greet and I'm like, no, <laughs> no. <Aww.
0: laughs> so, and well, I'm just, I'm, I'm like,
2: it's going to happen. It's going to happen someday. Uh-huh. Anyway. And it's still good. She and I are still very close. That's no, it good. could happen.
0: That's good. <laughs> very good to hear. Gosh. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. Let's just jump right into it. First of all, uh, Bobby, uh how did you start as an operator? When did you just just take me back. Just um, walk us back.
2: Yeah, uh well, it's a it's a long story. Um I guess what I really I I've spent many years as a collector and a player. Um and that all sort of started in the late 90s when um it was when the first wave of those those classic arcade compilations started to come out. Not even mame and emulation like that but the ones where you actually buy the disc for PlayStation and mm-hmm. it's like the Williams collection. Oh. Kind of like one uh, of those
1: like 50 in 1 bad horror movies, like Kind of. Yeah, but it was
2: actually like approved by the person and uh-huh. like approved by the company and they had these really great interviews with like Eugene Jarvis and these other guys who had been involved with the classic games and they had um you know, various trivia facts and um I had been out of games for a long time actually. I sort of went through this adolescent thing where I discovered music, became a metalhead, became a punk guy, et cetera, and just sort of abandoned um, games. And it was actually, it was a really bad period of gaming. It was like, it was getting into full motion video, CD-ROM, the early days of that mm-hmm. stuff, like 3DO, CDI. And I would just, I had no interest. And so I sort of dropped out for a few years until mm-hmm. I discovered one of these classic compilations. And that was that was actually sort of a revelation at the time because um, I had played games in arcades for years and at some point, they all those old games just went away, and they were nowhere to be found. And uh, I never really thought about it. I just sort of embraced whatever the newer thing was. But then when I found this this compilation, it was like, oh, Joust! I remember Joust. I haven't seen Joust in ten years. There was right. nowhere to go to play Joust. Mm-hmm. There was nowhere to go. There's no no way to play it on a console or anything. And then this this pack came out, and it was like, whoa, Joust! So we got my friend and I got really into Joust, and then it was like. This revelation. One day, we were like, "We could buy a joust." You know, (laughs) I wonder where the jousts are. They must be there. Someone's got to have the joust. Such a
1: weird thought when you first have it. It was a super
2: weird, and it was just radical becoming aware or something, right? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And it just seemed, and I've always kind of had a, um, you know. I've always kind of like to do those things that you aren't really supposed to do, like mm-hmm. own the thing, you know, approach the old Dairy Queen when they go out of business and try to buy their sign and then hang it on right. the wall, that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh-huh. And like,
1: then you have a story about that, exactly. Too, yeah. And
2: yeah. so it was like, we should buy a joust. Where would we even begin looking mm-hmm. for a joust? And um, we just googled, or I guess Alta Vista, or whatever, or great <laughs> <geez>. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, geez. Uh, you know arcade game by seattle or whatever mm-hmm. and we came up with this website that a guy had set up that was um amazing and it was like arcade game collecting in seattle oh it's perfect and it was this guy at microsoft well, right. steve eisner is that the smack guys no this is pre long pre smack although some of the guys okay. who were in smack are um were part of that scene
1: okay by but... the way that stands for seattle metropolitan arcade collectors
2: yep okay. and this guy steve was like to me was like the first like crazy like mega collector that i ever met mm-hmm. and he had he worked at microsoft and he had filled their halls they have this giant like tube shaped hallway with, oh with like a glass dome they call it the habitrail i think
1: this sounds amazing already and it was yeah, like
0: we need, <laughs> might need a two well
2: it's unfortunately it's long gone oh. now um but Maybe at the time, the time he had sure. just, like, I don't know, he had found barns full of games, and he had found all kinds of other stuff, and he had imported a lot of games from Japan.
1: Oh, my goodness. And so
2: clearly, he was a guy with a lot of money, and he was young and didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> this is my take. If he listens to this, sorry if that's not true. I don't know. But anyway, that as a teenager, that was how I viewed him. And um, my friend, who was much more bold than I was, just called, I think, not even email, just called him. Like, there was a number on the website, and... uh Within about 10 minutes, we had been invited to go check out this amazing collection at Microsoft. And as 16-year-olds, we were like, oh, my God. (laughs) And we went out there, and it was just like – Not only did he have every game that I remembered, he had every game I'd never heard of. (laughs) Just crazy and and, and amazing versions of them, like the cockpit version of Missile Command or the cockpit version of Sinistar or whatever. And he had also, he had just imported a container load of um, what we called then sit-at cabinets, Uh, which now are called candy cabinets. And those are these little Japanese cabinets you sit in front of. Mm -hmm. And he had also imported a lot of boards. So so, um, you can actually, the way they do it in Japan is they have rows of these cabinets that are all modular and so basically you um plug a different circuit board into it to change the game you change the control panel around and you can play different games so you don't have to swap in a whole different cabinet every time very cool and he had imported like box after box of random circuit boards that he had never heard of and that he just wanted to explore wow yeah, and a lot of fun. again like to me as someone who was always kind of into weird off the beaten path stuff and especially like. You know, I'd spent my teenage years digging through um, obscure record bins and things like that. Mm-hmm. This just appealed to me on so many levels. Mm-hmm. It was like there are games out there that no one or few people in the West especially have ever heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I got got pretty into, um, very quickly got into buying um, these boards from Japan. In fact, I didn't even have a cabinet. I was buying yeah, boards. Yeah, I was just
1: going to say, did you have a cabinet? No. That- <laughs>
2: yeah, <all right. laughs> so the first one I ever got was this game called Out Foxies. Um and it's just super cool game. Anyone who's listening to the, to this should look it up. It's in Mame <laughs> and stuff now, so it's not quite as cool. special. But um, anyway, that sort of sent me down the path of arcade game collecting. And we did buy a Joust. That was the first stand up we ever bought, and we had it shipped out here from New Orleans for seventy five dollars. Oh, that's nothing. The though. shipping, wow. yeah. That was... Oh, just the shipping. Okay. But yeah, but the but game it's still... itself
1: like two fifty or something. Yeah, or? the game was like three hundred or something. Mm-hmm. And
2: and um, you know, almost as soon as we got it it was broken. Right. And so So, then it was like, what do you do? I had no technical skills. You had no
1: one to talk to about it. I had no one to talk to. Arcades are dead.
2: Yeah, I had no tools. I had, and I remember one of the joysticks didn't move in one Mm. direction or something. And I was just like, it's over. You know, (laughs) we're screwed. (laughs) And uh, my friend was much more pragmatic and he was like, well, It's Just going to be a wire attached to a thing, we just have to solder it. And I'm like, How do you solder? You know, that's (laughs) this like totally foreign concept. Uh huh. So, we like bugged my dad, and like he had like a soldering gun, which is like this huge pistol shaped, you know, 200 watt Mm. thing that you're meant to use to like put solder on copper pipes for (laughs) for plumbing or whatever. Yeah, not for my no, (laughs) and we busted out the soldering gun, like you know. I haven't looked at that in years, but I'm sure it's just the most horrible looking repair ever—a huge blob. But <laughs> oh, we do managed... you still have the same job. He, he, my friend wow. still has. He ended up buying me out. Awesome. We realized co-owning <laughs> a game was a horrible idea. Yeah. Sure. So he ended up buying me out. But yeah, and we fixed it, and it was like, whoa! Mm-hmm. I was ready to buy a new control panel or whatever, but no, we we fixed it. So oh, the
1: world opened up to you then. Yeah. The
2: world opened up, yeah. yeah. And really, what it was also was that I didn't have any money, and so mm-hmm. if I wanted to get all these games that I wanted to have. Um, I couldn't pay $600 or $700 for a a game. I had to... But if I could buy it for $100 with a dead monitor and then repair the monitor, that was a whole other story. So um, I really dove headfirst into that side of things and um, was really really bad at it for a long time <laughs> like like i was the joke of the community that oh. i knew i was in an irc <laughs> chat room oh well, you gotta pay your dues right you sure. do i was yeah. definitely like oh what has he done now oh yeah. he broke another monitor right. oh.
1: now you're on the other side of that fence kind of giggling a little bit
2: at- <laughs> But I, I'll never forget how that felt, you oh, know, yeah. and I, you know, I remember. So you don't really g- want to do it to someone else. I don't, know. Yeah. I've i never been into that hazing or, you know, you mm-hmm. know, once you're the second, the next grade up, you like, you know, treat right. the previous one like crap. So, um, I don't know. Um.
1: We had a similar thing uh, when I grew up in, well, not when I gr- was growing up in Tacoma, but probably about, um, 20, 2009, 2010 or so, um my household decided that we were going to start collecting arcades too we got mm-hmm. a tempest for free we got like a a tetris for free off craigslist and a cocktail tabletop uh pong game and we're like oh yeah we'll learn how to fix these and, and a lot of them kind of just sat around our mm-hmm. our living room but we ended up with like 10 because we had a spare bedroom and just filled them up with like rad action tetris asteroids uh defender rad action <laughs> yeah rad actions like uh Ninja, it's not Ninja Gaiden, but it's like, I forget what it, it's like, an alternate title for a game that people um, have played before. Like
2: Kid Nikki or something? Yeah, something like that, yeah. I think, maybe. Huh.
1: But um, And our intent was to open an arcade, too, but then Dorkies came along and kind of beat us to it, but a couple of those games that we had bought at that time are in Dork- Dorkies now.
2: So. Oh, really? That's mm-hmm. totally great. Fancy that, yeah. Yeah. When you see an old game, it was yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it always feels like it's yours to some little degree. Yeah. You're like, it's hard to let go of that child, that. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It absolutely is. So when did you buy your first pinball game? Um, That was later, and that was actually at the urging of an arcade collector friend Oh yeah, who was just like, hey... I found this ad. He didn't even live here. He lived in Atlanta or something. And he was like, there's this firepower on, uh, there's an ad. It wasn't even Craig, it was pre-Craigslist. So he's like, I found this ad for this firepower. It's 300 bucks. You should totally buy it. Oh great game. And I was like, like I don't really know anything about pinball. I've never really been into pinball per se. And I did have some interest in pinball because um, a friend of mine who was like kind of my arcade and pinball mentor... Um, he knew I was really into the music of games. Mm. And he was like, dude, if you like chiptune music, you have to check out Pinball. And mm. I'm like, Pinball has music? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yeah. And he sent me these, like, not even MP3s, like waves or whatever. Yeah. And one of them was the theme song from Bonsai Run. Oh, cool. And that one especially resonated with me because I did have memories of Bonsai Run um, as a kid because it stood out. It, right. it was so striking. It's um, got
1: that really big upper back box, the back box toy where you're racing. Yeah. Have you oh, played yeah, it before? Yeah, yeah. The and red, it was green, like, yellow. Mm-hmm. I
2: saw that and I was like, okay, that's the one. I'm not into pinball, yeah. but that's the pinball that I will play. It's and cool. then I felt when I got to the upper play field, I felt, I felt like I had won. Like yeah, that was uh-huh. it. Okay, I did it. You yeah. know. <laughs> um, but anyway, so he, he sent me these files and for a long time I listened to them. I knew the music long before I knew the games mm-hmm. um, and I loved the music. That's so neat. So it was always in my head like, I need yeah. to get that pinball machine because I love the music. Yeah. Uh, and so when he when my friend told me to get a Firepower, I was like, does it have cool music? Well, not really. It just sort of goes wub, wub, wub or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and so I reluctantly bought it. It was a complete disaster. It had all kinds of circuit board issues. And I I didn't really know how to proceed. I didn't really want to proceed that much because I didn't really think it looked fun. Mm-hmm. It was just such a simple layout and everything. that I, I was definitely still in the camp of thinking that newer was better always. And right. so I just abandoned it. I never fixed it or anything. But the first game that I really proper you know like properly got and fixed up and played a lot was a judge dread
0: hmm. and that
2: was probably 2006 or so okay just guessing huh. and it was you know it was 800 bucks and that was the first time that i ever for one thing i thought that would be the most i would ever spend on a game oh uh, you in were my sorely line. i was surprised. so long. Yeah. <laughs> i was like okay i'm used to getting these pac-mans and stuff for 50 bucks broken which is incredible which is crazy yeah. But I'm like, okay, this one time I'll shell out and get this $800. And, of course, you know, um, after going through it, sort of learning the ins and outs of the shopping process and the repair, I started to really want other games and then slowly started to build a collection. Mm -hmm. Simultaneously with this, it's really worth mentioning because this relates to the operating a lot. Um, An arcade that I had gone to a lot uh, in the early 2000s was closing down. And it was a really special arcade in that it had almost entirely Japanese games, and I was, of course, heavily interested in it, in Japanese games. Was
0: this around here in Seattle? This
2: was in this is uh, in Issaquah. It's called Illusions. Hmm. Okay. And incidentally, the guy who ran Illusions is now on America's Got Talent, like oh, right neat. now, and he's wow. a magician himself. Very cool. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's another story. But Illusions was kind of like. When the rhythm game scene first exploded, which is like DDR, Dance Dance Revolution, mm-hmm. Drum Mania, all these games that Rock Band and Guitar Hero mm-hmm. kind of uh, copied in later years. Um, they, were, they were all Japanese games and this one arcade had all of them. And I was one of the people who was just super stoked about this whole scene. And so I used to go all the way out to Issaquah and play these games. And um, they never really worked right. Um, I think that they poured all their money into this crazy amazing space and then ran out from what I hear
1: imported those games imported the games
2: and then they just did not know how to maintain them and so you'd go there and these are games that are heavily skill dependent and they're the people who are into them want them to play perfectly and they don't oh, want yeah. to play them at all. If I they remember
1: don't. that from when I still worked at Full Tilt, we would get people come in and if one of your bishy was down or something, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, the nerds were angry.
2: Oh, they were angry. Yeah. <laughs> and I was one of the angry nerds actually. Right, yeah. Because my thing was drum mania because I had played drums. Uh, I do play drums, I guess I should say and my bands had all sort of fallen apart and mm-hmm. it was a, it was a way to play drums in a way sure. you know and and get that thrill of playing music um live with a band so to yeah. speak because it linked with the guitar game and the keyboard game it's really cool and uh you know once one of those sensors went dead though it's like you couldn't even get through the song cuz you couldn't oh, no. it would just say you know miss miss fail, miss miss okay. fail yeah. and it was like i'd go it would wouldn't work i'd go back um Two months later, it still wouldn't work. I go back six months later, it still wouldn't work. And finally, I stopped going. So when they closed, they had an auction. And I thought, well, this is my chance to get all those games and make them work right so that the people like me can play them and actually have fun. Yeah. So I bought, actually, I couldn't afford the working games, but they had a back room of like all dead games. And so I started picking up all these games for crazy cheap prices, like 50 bucks each. These are for games that had come out five years before, you know, big modern games.
1: One man's trash. Only downside
2: was I had nowhere to put them. I was living in a garage at the time and um, didn't know what to do with them, really. Um, And so I managed to get a friend of mine to let me stash them all in his garage. (laughs) And that only lasted so long and it really started to um, cause tension, I think. Yeah,
1: cuz then you're taking over someone's pace and then right. you know it starts the friendship shifts a little bit.
2: Exactly. And so I felt I just felt like, you know, I don't want to get rid of these games. Mm-hmm. I have to do something about it. What do I do? Simultaneously with that, the pinball and arcade show had just started up working. Oh yeah.
1: So this is 2008 then? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I
2: had I had uh brought a bunch of games to that. And I loved the feeling that I got of seeing other people play these oh, games, yeah. especially sure. the weird games. So it was like they were playing games like Libble Rabble and Star Trigon and Mr. Driller and stuff that he had never seen before. Mm -hmm. And they were like, whoa, this is cool. And I was just sort of standing silently like five feet away, just observing. Like being
1: proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: I had been collecting arcade games for 10 years or so at this point and had never really had that experience of having other people play my games. Mm -hmm. And uh, I loved it. And I just realized it was almost this sort of epiphany like, I'm not meant to buy these games and put them all in a room. I meant to put them out there for other people to play. You found your calling that I way. did find my yeah. calling, uh-huh. yeah. Very nice. And what it was you... like, well, I have all these games. There's this whole scene, mm-hmm. and they'll play them. If I put them out there, they'll play them. But where would I put them? Who would ever have um, Japanese rhythm games?
1: Yeah, I've been to one, I mean, two arcades that were like that. One was in Japan, mm-hmm. and the other was in L.A. At this In Little Tokyo, there was a mall, and... They had their own arcade in that mall, and so I was, I was like a train conductor on one game, where they mm. had the music games there. Yeah. They had Typing Dencha of the de Dead, uh-huh. which is awesome. So it was Arcade <laughs> like, Infinity. Yeah. So
2: that that's that's a notorious, well, not notorious, just very celebrated, um, awesome place. It was sort of the hub of the scene down there. Mm-hmm. And I actually I wanted to get some games from them when they closed. Oh yeah. The Typing of the Dead was one that was. Hot oh, it leaf. was
1: so much fun to play that. <laughs> yeah. You that play was... House of the Dead, right? This yeah. is uh, your characters have. Um, computers on their backpacks and they have keyboards that pop out in front of them and you type words and that's how you learn how to type as a child or adolescent oh or boy. um so <laughs> like in order to kill a zombie in front of you you might have to type rabbit real quick. The <laughs> zombie is like coming yeah. towards you
2: and it has a word on its yeah. front. <laughs> I love this and it it's meant incredible. to be ridiculous. I had it for the Dreamcast for a yeah. while. It was a really fun It's a genuinely <laughs> fun game. It has a great following
1: and um, you can do it in Japanese too if you want, but <laughs> that's way harder. <laughs>
2: And yeah, so that that arcade that you described actually Arcade Infinity that mm-hmm. that was the kind of place that I thought, well, I need, yeah, I need to run something like that. But who, you know, would that really when you f-
1: pitch that kind of thing to a business owner, they're like, oh, okay. Right.
2: <laughs> and the one the one idea I had was that there was this Japanese uh, import video game store called Pink Gorilla. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Previously, Pink Godzilla, oh. and um, they were opening a new store on the Ave, and I knew that the new space was. Fairly large, and I wondered if they would have enough space to fill it. Yeah, enough um, game, like console mm-hmm. games, because they're
1: it. pretty small. In the ID, yeah, yeah. they're
2: generally these little hole in the wall spaces. So I imagine that stretched out to this giant space, and it just didn't really make sense to me. So um, I honestly can't remember how I got in touch with them, but I think I might have just cold emailed them, and just said, "Hey, have you guys ever thought about having arcade games? Uh, because I have some Japanese arcade games, and mm-hmm. I just, I just basically wanted a game, a place to." Plop some games down. Yeah. To.
1: Free up some room for you. Free
2: up some room. Give me the excuse to go there and hang out with other people yeah. who like them. <laughs> it was sort of like having my own game room. It's just that it's off site. hmm. Um,
1: and were you working like a full time job at that point, too?
2: I was. So I was basically working for my dad. And okay. I was sort of floundering and I was not very happy doing that. And mm-hmm. I had been at this particular time, I had been caught in, in this quagmire of um, basically we my dad also he, he sells and makes his own jewelry. And uh, he also has a bunch of homes and does real estate, okay. Does rent, you know, he's a landlord. Mm-hmm. And we had he had bought a new house. It was a disaster. And my brother and I had taken it on, tried to strip it all down and rebuild it. And so that it's ended like up the taking, family
1: theme, like you just buy things that no one really wants to deal is. with and you fix it. That's <laughs> actually a good
2: point. And, and I think I think I fell into this partially because my family is is definitely not they they don't follow the traditional structure. Mm-hmm. There's never a, a parent that got up in the morning and went to work. Uh, right. I mean he he did, but it was never like got to go you have to be here at nine have o'clock. Have to be there. The right. boss will be mad. Yeah. You know, it was always yeah, punching a time. Card. No, mm-hmm. always working for himself, doing weird things at weird hours, working in the shop in the middle of the night. That was my life. You know, I was laying in bed and listening to it, some punch press pump, punching out metal pieces yeah. or whatever. Huh. And so I think because of that, I've always sort of wanted to find something for myself that was off you know outside of the norm i can't sure. i can't really mm-hmm. go and, and report to someone um,
1: especially now after doing it this long you know? no. like, you can't go <laughs> right. back to that
2: and um, so i had done this remodel for a few it took three years and over the course of the three years my brother dropped out of it and everyone else involved dropped out and i was sort of left alone and it was a very dark time actually and i was starting to have a lot of um you know i was like starting to become uh panic stricken i had anxiety problems Mm -hmm. i was i was very obsessed with mortality and my own mortality and thought i was dying thought i was oh it was really bad yeah and um I just basically, the, the the dominant thought was always, what if I die today and then I'll have nothing to show for myself? You know, I'm sure a million people have oh, been yeah. through this. Mm-hmm. Probably every but day. But I think <laughs> that was, yeah, I think that was the thing that made me go, well, why don't I just try this crazy, weird thing? Why Yeah, because that
1: could eat you alive if you just keep thinking about it. And it, it. was. Mm-hmm. It
2: absolutely was eating me alive. And I knew I had to, even if it was a total failure, I had to try something else. Yeah. yeah. Take a step forward, yeah. Yeah, and I knew if nothing else, it would be fun in some way. Mm-hmm. So I decided to do this fun little experiment and... um i originally just wanted to put a few games in there and before long they were like do you want to fill the whole space that's so cool i'm like uh i don't know if i can so that's when i actually start, entered the era of actually buying games specifically to operate because up to that point i was just putting out what i already had sure. and um i had to sort of transition into this you know start a business crowd want? do it for real what does the crowd want which was hard to accept because there's part of me that wanted to use it solely as my platform to expose everyone to weird, obscure stuff that it only sounds I... like
0: the DJ's dilemma.
2: It is, I'm sure it is, because yeah, you know, if you put on that hit, right, the da- dance floor will yeah, explode. They're going to respond, but, but you've you... got this deep cut. Yes, the deep you just cuts. Know people would love exactly. If, if they were your friends, and you made them listen to it to yeah. the living room. Right, that is absolutely a perfect analogy, and I I run into that all the time. I still have that problem all the time. Of, um, do I put out the deep cuts? And I try, you know, at this point, I resign myself to being happy with a couple of them. And it's like, you know, as long as that game is there and that game is there, then I don't mind having stuff like South Park or whatever in the mix. Yeah. because Even you're
1: never going to hear the end of having South I'm Park. I'm never
2: going to hear the end of it. But here's the thing that makes it all worth it. When someone walks in there, you know, and I see this all the time, a group of four, two guys and two mm-hmm. girls or whatever, or, you know, parents and their kids, they come in to get ice cream at Full Tilt. They look over the lineup of games. They go, do you guys know how to play pinball? No, not really. Yeah. Whoa, dude, South Park. And they right. go right to South Park and they play. And that those are the moments where I go, hey, having South Park is totally worthwhile. If you yeah. got these people to play pinball who wouldn't have played otherwise. And, you know, all the hardcore players can just deal with it and play right. the other 11 games yeah, or 12 it's games. True. It's so, it's a really
1: simple game. When you look at it, it's like, oh, there's not a lot going on. And then you think, oh, it's a South Park theme. Come on. Yeah. But, you know, it it does unfortunately or uh, it's a double-edged sword it does make a lot of money like
2: it does you know i think that the the rumors are sort of overblown it doesn't kill as much as people want to say it does but it mm -hmm. does it does well enough
0: and it pulls in the new players
2: pulls in the new players and it's a great ratio of cost of game to how much it makes Mm -hmm. that's the main thing so it's not going to make more than a brand new game but it's going to cost a third as much and it's probably going to be pretty reliable (laughs) it's a fairly straightforward game Mm -hmm. not a lot that goes wrong with it
1: um, yeah that's the big thing too is if you have a game that's making lots of money but you're still repairing it all the time right then it's not really worth your while
2: exactly it's it's and yeah that's one of the many things i've i've learned um mm-hmm. and sometimes people will question why do you have this it's like well you don't understand mm-hmm. it has been 100 percent maintenance free so the fact that it makes 15 percent less per week than that that game is the one that drags me out here three mm-hmm. times a week whereas this one never has so. south
0: park is maintenance free
2: um I wouldn't say it's maintenance free, but, but it's definitely prepare. on on that end. Yeah, sure. I guess when the play field just has like a big empty hole, hole. Big hole. yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> it has issues. I mean, uh, not
1: as I... much as the one at GameWorks, though. Have you guys seen that South Park? Oh no,
2: yeah, sure have. they I have to...
1: band aids on it. They <laughs> <laughs> have band aids on it. Yeah, oh, that sounds. <laughs> the new. play field's so worn; Holy they've covered Lord. it up with band aids. That
2: was actually an inspiration to me. That
1: oh, I, I hope so. I would hope so. Yeah, that,
2: that, I mean, that's legendary. That thing has been there. Yeah. in its current. State for like many years, and that's one of those games that made me go. You know, I bet you could do this and not and be do bad at better. it. Better, sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> and to their credit, they probably make twenty times more from each Redemption game than that game. Oh, makes. absolutely. And I'm sure they yeah. have techs and they're just always over there doing the the mm-hmm. ticket games. But then the question is, why even have it? You <laughs> know, why yeah. not just?
0: Well, I appreciate that they've had the the Sopranos there for so long. I used yeah, to work downtown, and mm-hmm. when I had a bad like morning at work, I would just spend my entire lunch yeah game works on Sopranos. sopranos. Yeah. Nice. Um, all right, well, uh, so so you've been at Full Tilt uh, in Ballard for how long? Three,
2: four? At least three years. Yeah, definitely. Years? Maybe okay. pushing four now. Yeah, you're
1: getting close to four, I believe.
2: And how many games do you have there? I have 13 pins and eight, I think, video? Nine? Something like that.
1: Which huh? for those of us who've been to Full Tilt Ballard know that that's... Uh, quite the achievement to fit all those things in there yeah.
2: it's a bit tight yeah it's a bit of a tetris game it is a bit of a tetris game and the back area is is a point of constant dilemma like mm-hmm. do i try to get this one in here and it's kind of you know if if everyone mm. was if every game had someone on it it would be a horrible log jam but the thing yeah. is that 90 percent of the time they don't so but i should add by the way just to finish that thought about the uh arcade games from earlier mm-hmm. um the music game, Japanese game experiment at Pink Gorilla did not go that well. Actually, oh. those people didn't come out in droves like I thought they would. I, th- I thought it would be the rebirth of that scene. Mm-hmm. And it there was some of that for sure. I mean, that's where I met Kevin and some of those people who I've dragged into the pinball scene. But it was pretty clear at one point that my interest was going heavily towards pinball and that the interests of the... Consumers and the scene were all going towards pinball. Yeah. And so it was like, you know, I think I should do pinball. Um, once I got out of Pink Gorilla, that didn't really mm-hmm. work out. And uh, the thing that held me back, actually, in a lot of ways was that I didn't think I was good enough at fixing pinball machines. And I really feared what, you know, if I put out this giant lineup, what if I can't fix them all? What what do I do? Sure. And I I've, I still, I felt and I still feel to some degree like a bit of a fraud.
1: Well, you just have really high standards for yourself. It's something I've learned about you and I have the same thing going on where like, I always, always feel like I'm not doing as good as I could be doing. Mm-hmm. You, just, you run out of time. You run out of energy.
0: Yeah, your insecurities are what
2: the rest of us
0: admire because yeah. it means right. that we've
2: got pristine games to play right See, even hearing <laughs> you say pristine i can't even take it as a compliment because sure. i'm like come on relative <laughs> to yeah because when game. i go and play my games i'm like oh my god you know this is wrong and that's wrong <laughs> and oh i have to stay here all night in fact i'm probably going there tonight to work on games <laughs> all night that's because you're neurotic <laughs> I, am a bit. I am but you know what that's what i enjoy but you it's know? good I, yeah. I really enjoy you've made a life
1: for yourself doing this
2: yeah and it's fun it you know it's 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 not fun in ways, but there's a there's a part of me that just loves that constant struggle of getting the thing to work the way it should. Right. And then when sure. you when you get it when you get it where it should be, and you just take that step back and sort of look over, look it over, it's like totally. yeah, this is totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Actually, I think my main strength comes from. The prep before they go out on locations, mm-hmm. not huh. not as much on the maintenance. It's the
1: uh the shopping it before. Yeah, because
2: every game I get, I tear it down completely, Just go through every single thing, and like, make sure yeah. that it's really it's not. I can't tell you how many ways that has helped me though. Oh, I bet. Yeah, because now
1: you know how to get to a certain part when it's broken, right? Yeah, yeah. and you
2: know in advance what might be a problem later on. Mm-hmm. You say, okay, there's a little bit of wear starting around this metal thing. I never would have known that. That's probably going to cause some slop in this assembly, and then mm-hmm. when this binds later on, I know exactly. What it is, someone who just buys the game and plops it on location never is never going to know that, not going to know where to begin, and they're going to have to tear it all down on location to fix it when it happens. So I'm I'm really big on uh, preventative maintenance. Totally. and I've, I've been burned a couple times where I've put games on location that I bought just like went from the seller's house to the location. Yeah. And that is a horrible idea. Mm-hmm. So at least for me, it's never worked out.
1: Whenever you're buying something you used, you have no idea what's been through.
2: Exactly. And you also mm-hmm. have no idea if that person, that seller's standards match your own. Mm-hmm. And they might think, oh, I, you know, I did it all. I put in all the rubbers and whatever, but right. Something as simple as a rubber ring that's the wrong size in the wrong spot, that can be a ball trap that's buried under three ramps Mm -hmm. and you don't know and you can't figure out why the ball's hanging up under there. And then you find out the guy that sold it to you put a two inch ring instead of a two and a half. half. Yeah. yeah. Or or they put a two and a half instead of a two. Mm -hmm. and It's too much slop, whatever. Those things actually matter. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, that's probably, um, if anything, that's my greatest strength uh, in pinball repair is that I try to really become, you know like you said, like neurotic about nailing mm-hmm. all that stuff down beforehand.
1: Because they don't come with like service records, like when you buy a used car or anything. No. like, <laughs> well, here's some of my receipts from Marco specialties. And you know like
2: I mean, they do sometimes, but it's usually for such old, you know. <laughs> right. Like you'll find some part order from 15 years ago or something.
1: Do you have yeah. any fun stories about buying used games where you're like, oh, this belonged to like someone famous or, you know, like this is the one that I played at an arcade 10 years ago.
2: I wish I had more of those. I always mm-hmm. hope that that'll happen. I've definitely had kind of gross things happen. Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> I found one of vermin and <laughs> things like oh, that. Oh my games. goodness. Really... Yeah, rat's nest. Not live. No, but a lot of really disgusting. It's almost worse in some ways because if they're live, they'll just scatter. In fact, I haven't found the actual. You just
1: turn the game on, fry them, right? There you go.
2: I've never found an actual carcass. I only find the gross remains. So I'd love to find like the skeleton or whatever, but no, it's always (laughs) just the poo and the, you know. Um, But I'm trying to think of other specific examples of like a game that. I used to play. I don't know. Maybe one will come to I'll come, you. It'll come to me as soon yeah. as I leave. Yeah.
0: I've, got a, I've got a couple questions then. Uh, going back to uh, talking about South Park. Mm-hmm. A game that I've never been nuts about, but it's... Yeah, actually, that's the best thing I've ever heard about South Park is that it draws people in. Oh, yeah. So, right. You know, way to go, South Park. So, all right. So, Full Tilt Ballard is you know your crown jewel. I, I've never been to Pies and Pints. I don't even it's know just... how many...
2: It's just three machines. Three it's machines. a small uh, I mean it's it's a lively, fun pub. It's not really a destination location for pinball. I, I might be moving into a house pretty soon. Oh yeah. By oh, there you check go. it out. Their yeah. food's
1: great, um yeah, reasonably great. priced, and live music sometimes too.
0: So I've got a list that I pulled off of the Skill Shot uh pinball list around mm-hmm. town. Uh, so as of today, here are the machines we have posted as being at Full Tilt Ballard. Mm-hmm. Tell me if this is not up to date. We can correct it later, but Batman. Fishtails, Indiana, uh, sorry, Indianapolis Five Hundred, mm-hmm. Iron Man, Jackpot, The Lord of the Rings, Medieval Madness, Simpsons Pinball Party, South Park, Star Wars Episode One, Tron Legacy, Who Done It, and The Wizard of Oz. That sounds correct. Fantastic. Okay, so I got a couple questions. Then. Sure. So, what is your biggest cash cow? Like in terms of, like, rather, let me cha-
2: rephrase that. Sure. What machine gets played the most? Um. It goes up and down, changes. Honestly, I always default to saying "Lord of the Rings" mm-hmm. because yeah. I think over time that has been the one. It's endured. But I think if you real, if I were to really look at the numbers, I think Simpsons Pinball Party is number one. Not really? Yeah. Which is I a was going to
1: guess those two actually. Is yeah. that a
2: testament to the license? You think? I would say so. I th- I'm personally, I think Lord of the Rings is a better game.
1: We did yeah. a uh, well. I think Graham, we did this article a few. Years ago, yeah. right? For yeah. Skillshot,
2: We talked about... Uh,
0: yeah, I did an article a few years ago on Skillshot Shot about uh, just briefly talking about Lord of the Rings and Simpsons Pinball Party because those are the games you're most likely to find around town. It used to be Fishtails for a while, but then those two kind of took over. Oh, is this mm-hmm. the article
2: about how there's like 15 of them locally yeah. or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, I don't know if you're a Simpsons fan. If you're not, I'm I sorry, am. but that article, that directly contributed to me buying one. Oh, because wow. Because I said... <laughs> Which is funny because it's in total contrast to my previous way of trying to expose everyone to the obscurities. Mm -hmm. But, you know, over the years I've tried that and it hasn't, like, a great example would be Mouse and Around. I went to the ends of the earth to find Mouse and Around. I love Mouse and Around. I went through it all, made it nice, put it out, and I've never had a game bomb so hard as Mouse and Around. Oh, that's so sad. and it definitely had its fans, but there was a small handful of very vocal and very passionate fans. And at the end of the day, it, the money wasn't there. Right. And, you know, in this kind of relationship, you, you do owe it to the location also to mm-hmm. make them money. So I yeah. kind of, they, they didn't tell me, hey, get rid of and around. It's not doing anything. But I just sort of had that at my, you know. You kind of sense well, it. You I had the sense the, and I had the guilt myself. Of, you grew I up can't...
1: with the real or too. So you know that that real estate is not making enough money, too. Exactly. So.
2: And so, anyway, when I saw that Simpsons article, my thought wasn't, "Oh, why are there so so, so many Simpsons?" My thought was, "I bet that's because they make a ton of money." I need to <laughs> buy one. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. That, and I did, and sure enough, it does well.
0: Full disclosure: actually, I want to make a issue, a, not a correction exactly, but a statement about that. Uh, an asterisk: uh, I did an article on Lord of the Rings and the Simpsons pinball party because they're the most the two most popular you'll find, and I th- it might have been the same issue uh, Andrew Cole did. Like a, a graph and a quick uh, synopsis. So, mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, props mm-hmm. to Andrew. For yeah. Him. Oh, yeah. The analytical approach to the
2: same. Yes, he helps thing us out there. with that a lot. Cool. So, Lord of the Rings, pretty
0: popular, but up and down. Sure. Simpsons Pinball Party
2: holds it down like most. They all go up and down. They but do. I think if you were to look at the totals, yeah, Simpsons. He's... But we're talking about a difference of like, you know, 2% 10. or something. Oh, okay. Sure. Like sure. really close. And, you mm-hmm. know, Wizard of Oz was another one that was really strong, and it's strong in the summer. It's really? strong when there are more casual players. That makes sense. The hardcore players don't like it, but um, random mom and her daughters will go straight oh, yeah. to it, and mm-hmm. they love it. So it's one of those ones that I've really struggled with over the couple years that I've had it, because it's been, it has frankly been a maintenance nightmare. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's it, you know, so goes going on. it goes back to what I was saying before about that ratio of you know, annoyance factor to how much it makes. That's what Pinball sure. does,
1: too. It's risk-reward, right? It is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and
2: so there have been times when I've wanted to sell it or, you know, move on. If and you
1: then, do, just trade it for a Hobbit when it comes out. There you go. I
2: do want a Hobbit. I think I think Hobbit looks good, and I think that they've probably fixed a lot of the mm-hmm. issues. So, I yeah, I was really impressed with it. Um, but, yeah, so that's one of those ones where as soon as I go, you know, I think I'm done with this, boom. Mm-hmm. It just... Has a week that's triple what the previous week was, oh and then goodness. that'll just keep going for three months. And it's like, well, like I think I'm just... holding on to Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So,
0: so aside from a kind of the the general popularity, mm-hmm. consistent popularity of Lord of the Rings and The Simpsons Pinball Party, and then Wizard of Oz, especially like having this ebb and flow, but mm-hmm. especially peaking in the summer with casual fans. Are there any other trend lines you've really noticed? Like, are there clear trends or does it kind of seem to just follow its own chaotic whims, like the popularity of different pins?
2: Well, I'm pretty analytical, too. And I I really wish that I could find more clear trends because I always I, you know, I'll look at one week versus the next versus the next and the next month. And I'm like, what's the what's the deal here? Mm -hmm. Why did this game jump up for two weeks? It's never had any any weeks that high and it just doubled for two weeks. And then it went right back to where it's been for the last year. Wow. And all I can figure is maybe someone came through town who loved that game and played yeah. it a lot. Sure. Like, it's weird. It is bizarre.
1: Or maybe it's the, it's in a one-off tournament. Like, I bet Iron Man went yeah. up a little bit.
2: You know, and those happen sometimes without my knowledge. Uh-huh. Like, one night, a bunch of people came in from some local company, and they did a, quote, tournament on Iron Man that was like... Okay, the tournament is all thirty of us play Iron Man. And then we compare our scores. Wow. And so yeah, I'm like, whoa, Iron Man is like crazy. Uh-huh. And then I found out later, oh yeah, did you hear about the Iron Man tournament? Oh, okay. That explains the Iron Man. Totally thing. So yeah, but you know, in general, the only real correlation I see is between things like when school gets out. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine this week, because we're taping this the week that school has gotten out for oh, most right. elementary school kids, I think um i would imagine that this week will be good just based on looking over past data Mm -hmm. um tends to go that way so we'll see
1: and i know you're you're mostly just there when you uh are fixing games and not really there for casual play for yourself but Mm -hmm. do you find still a lot of like the kids they run up to it they start a game they get distracted run away and like
2: it definitely happens Uh, i think that the thing that happens more than anything is that everyone who's new to pinball is completely confused by ball save oh
1: yeah and
2: they it's it's actually when i got into operating my great fear was what will happen to the games how will people abuse them how will people try to like (laughs) get one pull one over on me and do all these sorts of things what i've actually found is that happens on occasion but much more so people are unbelievably honest Mm -hmm. just painfully honest and and nice and what they'll do is they read the card it says three balls they'll plunge one plunge ball one Drain, get a ball save, plunge that. Drain, get a you know get a ball save again, or go to ball two, Uh plunge it, drain, and then they go. I my three balls are up. I'm Uh, you know it'll give them another ball, (laughs) and they won't play it because they're (laughs) like my my three balls are done. I'm going (laughs) to walk away now. Sort of moral test. I've never considered that. (laughs) It's really odd.
1: Just count your balls. You know, you get three of them. I never considered that they don't realize they have ball saves.
2: Yeah, and the thing that really like convinced me of this or or showed me what was happening was I noticed that when I had go, I used to have no good gophers at Full Tilt Mm -hmm. and that game more than many was played by kids Mm -hmm. and I would notice I was constantly hearing hearing this repeating Zydeco loop the little shooter groove they call it theme song (laughs) just playing and playing and playing I'm like why is that Mm -hmm. always playing I go over to it it's always on ball too. Someone uh, has walked away from a game. It's on yeah. ball too. And then I finally, after watching some people notice they were all doing that thing that I just, just Oh my read. goodness. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, this is, yeah, this kind of reminds me of, uh, we talked about this last week after the show. Uh, I, I sat in on the making of Hobbit, uh, talk mm-hmm. and Jersey Jack was talking about when they were they're you know, trying to implement, uh, pinball machines as redemption machines, trying to break into that market. And, uh, they've changed software for some of those games, uh, because these super
2: casual players don't they don't know how to turn the machine on
0: they don't know how to punch the ball they don't recognize yeah. the ball save mm-hmm. so
2: yeah it's really nothing against any of those people it's but it is something i've observed for sure that they well, they, they have no idea it. how to start and you'll get <laughs> Kayla no, must know this too having worked there you'll yeah. have people I put in my money and nothing happened well did yeah. you p- hit the start button I feel oh, like I was that uh, you know.
1: know yeah it feels like you're working in IT you know, and <laughs> we try turning it off and on again <laughs> exactly did like, you plug in the router right yeah, yeah. the flashing button but that I mentioned the, mm-hmm. yeah I mentioned this on last week's podcast but even like when I'm at flip flip ding ding just from having worked at full tilt mm-hmm. if I see a mother and their kids trying to figure out how to work a pinball machine i'll sneak in and hit the start button mm-hmm. for yeah. them mm-hmm. so they don't notice i've done it, it. just magically just like i probably should just tell them but <laughs> yeah. they're You're probably not coming back for another six months you right. know? fair enough, fair
2: enough. <laughs> they yeah. also across the board none of them know what a match is and no one none right. of them know when they've oh, matched yeah. and in fact they're very scared by the match sound yeah. oh yeah the big so they crack? just sort of cringe and jump back and then leave yeah <laughs> and i'm like you want a free game uh, as they're <laughs> running down the street basically come back yeah yeah
0: <laughs> all right well uh, Bobby, do you is this your day job now?
2: It I, is. Okay. Do you do anything else for income or does this take care of it? This takes care of it, but wow. Um it's not quite where I wish it would w- w- I'm not in the position I wish I were in. Sure. Uh, there there have been many um other opportunities or hints of opportunities that have seemed like sure things over mm-hmm. the last couple of years and I've always been on the cusp of the next thing. And so the next thing will happen. It's just an issue of when. So for now, um, you're riding the wave of
0: yeah, what the, Seattle
2: pinball. And frankly, you know, there was a part of me, too, that really, really wanted to proceed with caution. And I wanted to do one one decent sized place, see if I could keep it up, you know, spend a year or so at it, make sure I could even handle it mm-hmm. and then sort of figure out well, how much more could I handle. And then only when I felt comfortable handling more, you know, then I wanted to move forward. The moving forward hasn't happened at quite the rate I would like. I've had a lot of games just sitting in storage for a few years now. Um, and it's just a comedy of errors. I mean, there's been one thing after the next that stops each thing from happening, and it will eventually happen. Um, the question I'm starting to have now is whether I should just um, look toward maybe owning my own spot. Um,
1: sure. I think that would be a really good idea for you.
2: It mm-hmm. would be It would be a challenge. I mean, you're taking all the Absolutely. risk at that point. The thing about being an operator is you get to just sort of piggyback on someone else's Risk, yeah. right? And then if their uh, business falls apart, you get to just split and pull all the machines and go. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you're probably going to be okay. They might not be okay. Whereas if you own your own place, it's a much more, you know, um,
1: it's a much harder cleanup at the end. Sure.
2: Yeah. yeah and I mean, I I would want to do it if I felt like I could do it really well. And what I'm kind of looking for now is a like-minded individual, preferably someone whose ex- expertise falls more on the side of bar restaurant stuff, because mm-hmm. everyone knows that's not my thing as much. Yeah, um, well you and I can admit it. that I don't want to have to do try to do everything because I don't right. think sure. I can. Um, but I would love to have a great partnership. Where well,
1: dear listeners, if you're you anyone know. out there, if you I thought about
2: putting out a personal ad, just saying, yeah. here's, here's me, here's, here's here are my bullet points. Mm-hmm. Who are you? Have you ever wanted to do this and you had no idea how you were going to handle this side of things? Right. Well, and then another side of it that would really help is I have all that home construction uh, experience. I'm sure, <laughs> yeah. totally. So I'm I'm well versed in, you know. Plumbing and electrical and hanging sheetrock and all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I feel like it could happen. But it's just one of those things where I really want to take baby steps. And I think mm-hmm. more and more you have to just jump in. You can't really try to overanalyze and plan everything perfectly. Yeah, you can never account so, for every single thing. Sure. And honestly, several uh, really successful businesses have done that. So, I, I mean, I would say Add-a-Ball did that. I would yeah. say Dorky's. Yeah. I remember when Dorky started and Les was trying to, you know, hawk his what jet skis or something to raise the mm-hmm. money and then right. they couldn't get a license and all this and then they built it up and built it up and expanded and got their liquor license and now it's this you know behemoth yeah and you would think oh that must have come out fully formed no it was very um no, scrappy.
1: I, re- I remember being in that room before they even opened their doors like they had three pins in there and I was friends with less at the time so I had to bring us in to play games after hell's kitchen closed down so like mm-hmm. two three in the morning just mm. yeah it was yeah. fun but yeah, I don't love every business decision that Dorky's made, but they have definitely made it their own place, and they right. have brought it up from their bootstraps really easily. Mm-hmm. And one thing I'll say about like Seattle and the Pacific Northwest in general is it, it unique. Is um, we have places like Shorty's and Seattle Pinball Museum that take one hundred percent of the earnings from the games. Right. Well, I guess you know SPM's not CoinDrop, but Shorty's is definitely got the right idea where they just own the business, own the games.
2: Sure. And I think, yeah, I, I'm kind of split on that. I think that if you are a an experienced pinball tech like Avout is, mm-hmm. that's something you can do. I think that we're seeing a lot of places try to do that. And I think that it's not working out right. so well for them, personally. They don't personally. have the technical back end? No. And I think... that, And actually, I have a good friend, a friend from high school named Paul Rice, who did this um, in Port Townsend. He had a place called Middletown. Middletown Dreams. Yeah. yeah Pinbar. Mm-hmm. And it just closed down Oh, did it last really? Week. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, it wasn't that it wasn't a success, because I think that it really found its niche, and people loved it, and he mm-hmm. kind of just wanted to move on. So I don't think it failed... But the, I would say, and I, I don't mind saying this because he's my friend. He knows what I think. I would say the pinball side of it failed. Yeah. And I warned him. I gave him a grave warning when he started. He was going to buy all these used crusty old games from the B&I, which is oh, just goodness. a notoriously awful arcade yeah. in Tacoma. Um, and he just wanted to grab them straight from B&I where they had never worked and just put them mm. in his place. Yeah. And I was like, dude. This is not going to work. Well, I th- I'm sure we can figure it out. And I don't think so. <laughs> like I
1: is the kind of place that you go get grills and extensions and play a really crappy arcade game.
2: Exactly. Like
1: <laughs> it was not the best place.
2: Yeah. And uh, uh, sure enough, after after I don't know how long, some months, mm-hmm. he was like, Bobby, what can I do to get you to come fix my games? Yeah. And I'm like, dude, they're so far gone. Like anyway, so I ended up going out there, went through all his games scolded him Mm -hmm. and (laughs) basically you know made a huge list of everything they all needed and they were bad they had the wrong flipper assemblies oh my goodness yeah hacked on they had all kinds of stuff like that going on Frankenstein
1: machines it was
2: it was a a joke and i just basically tried to cobble them together as best i could and then they would last for as long as they did and finally he would Mm go hey we have like two working games out of seven can you come out again and i would come out and eventually he you know he ended up it was worthwhile for me to do it. He gave me parts and games and things like that mm-hmm. to to help him. Because um,
1: it's a far trip out there.
2: It's a far trip. And I, I would spend a few days out there. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. it was fun. I will miss it for sure. I went out but, there
1: one time last summer. And yeah, I can definitely attest to the pins not playing very well. Right. But the local culture of the place yep. was
2: very cool. It was great. Like yeah.
1: The people that hung out there were excellent.
2: Yeah, it had its whole, its, its whole own scene. I went to the closing uh, gala the other night. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was sad. I could tell a lot of yeah. people felt like it was their home, and they didn't really have a place that felt like theirs in Port Townsend. So, at any rate, I'm sure Paul is going to do great things from here on out. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was just my example of you know when you try to just I, I think I think as we're seeing the barcade become more and more popular, you are seeing more and more of this you know these, these opportunists sort of arriving sure. who don't have a background in this mm-hmm. stuff and they're just going I want to do that. And I think that they want to. I think that they're saying why give someone a cut when i can just have it all right yeah. well something's gonna give you know sure. you, you, you can't it, be
1: the jack of all trades
2: yeah no. and even if you do have to hire someone you're probably gonna end up p- paying the person you're hiring hiring as much as you would have given them a, as true. a split yeah um i don't know so yeah sometimes it just makes sense to outsource that stuff you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so
0: uh i've got a couple of uh, more questions about just operation general just for my edification mm uh before we wrap up here because we're we're starting to push an hour okay. um w- actually this one's less about operation but it might dovetail into it what is your best purchase you ever made and why is it personally the best is it financially the best or logistically like what when you look back if you just had to pick
2: one like this is the <laughs> right decision yeah <laughs> it's tough because I want to point to things that i that I have a personal relationship with that are my, Mm -hmm. my cool favorites, not just go for the big obvious one, but the, honestly, the one that I go to without question is medieval madness Hmm. because I love the game. It's one of the games that got me into pinball and I had just come into some money and I didn't have a lot of that. And, um, I was looking at a situation. This is in 2007, I think 2008, somewhere around there where I could get a medieval madness for under the current going rate under the, the then going rate rather. Okay. Um, but I would have to spend every cent that I had. Ooh. And it was like, I knew I, I already had sort of a suspicion that people in my family looked down upon my, Oh,
1: right. You know, yeah. cause for
2: years yeah. and years I was like, just buying games and wor- working on them all night and there was no money coming from them. Right. It was just this weird thing that I did. Um, and I was afraid they would find out, you know, because it was it was mm-hmm. sort of an inheritance type of thing. Oh, so they knew I had it. We all had a little chunk that we'd gotten. Mm-hmm. And I, as soon as I got the money, this medieval madness popped up. And it was a situation where I had to buy it that second or it was mm-hmm. going to be gone. Jeez. And I had to make that split decision. And I knew it was, it was, so it, I'll just say it. I don't care. It was $4,900. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And at the time, I think they were going for 65, maybe seven. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like, I love the game. I probably am. I'm not going to flip it cuz I'm not really that kind of guy, but no. it'll always hold its value at least. So if I sure. ever have trouble, if I ran into some major troubles, I could always cash out. And um, look at
1: us now. It's, it's the only game that's been remade. Yeah. You know? And right.
2: it's mm-hmm. one of those games that although the remake is classic, don't quote classic. And that mm-hmm. has bit that is that cut into the value a little bit, I think. There's a sure. time there right. someone offered someone me one. Someone buy a new one now. Yeah, I had a guy offer me 13,000. Oh my goodness. Oh, well, you're never going to see that again. Probably. Maybe not, but that said, it's been the the pin that I've operated the longest. And it mm-hmm. absolutely... In fact, can I just go back here and... Please. I forgot I had Medieval Madness. That yeah, crushes uh, uh. everything. Really? Yeah. Yes. All right. I can't <laughs> believe I didn't think of that. It's because I didn't have it there for the first few years, first couple of years, and so it kind of slipped away. But yeah, that right. is it that is the a, earnings behemoth by far. Used Word. to be at Cafe Mox. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, Simpsons and Lord of the Rings. All every other game is in a tier that falls so far below it that uh, it, I almost didn't even think about it because it's like mm. over here and there's <laughs> right. Open Ball here. and then there's Medieval Madness. Right. Yeah, it absolutely destroys. And there's a good reason that it's worth what it is and that it's been remade is because everyone loves it. It kills for operators. It's a great for it's great for collectors, great for beginners. Mm-hmm. So that, and of course, over the years on location, it has more than paid for itself. So sure. it's definitely um, you know financially the best purchase I've ever made, and also it was a big milestone for me getting a really good game because yeah. before that I was always sort of like working on these you know cheapo, list games. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I can see the good in Judge Dread. Come uh, on, yeah. guys. Uh, you know, and then, <laughs> <laughs> but it, I kind of knew inside that, <laughs> <and>, yeah. <laughs>
0: so. That's I I love that answer because not only do I love Medieval Madness mm-hmm. but uh, that's that's the game that switched or flipped the switch for me.
2: Yeah, pinball. So what was the moment in in Medieval? That, was there any specific part of it that flipped the switch? Oh boy, I
0: think I think bringing down the castle felt pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know uh, I, I think I told this story when Kevin was on, but uh, so it was uh, December two thousand eight. Uh, I had moved out of Seattle and was driving around the country and doing work, and uh, came back and was. Visiting with Nicole uh, Hyatt, who was a college friend of mine, or mm-hmm. is a college friend of mine rather, and uh, we went to Shorty's because she was uh, living at uh, you know <laughs> the Rivoli at the time, and uh, and and she and Linda uh, Cheeseboat they they walked me through it and mm-hmm. they did an impeccable job of it, and I had one of the best games I've still ever had on uh-huh. People Madness, so. The real answer is the entire game was what flipped course like, yeah. <laughs> I, It was this bright, shining moment where I realized pinball is a game it's of skill. It's a game skill. of skill. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And for me, it was similar. Well, the castle, smashing the, the castle is what got me there, mm-hmm. what drew me in. Then, as I played it more and more, because I used to play it at the UW hub when okay. I went to the UW. Um, <clears throat> the thing that really flipped the switch for me was when I realized okay if you hit one thing it's genius the way it's laid out where it's not context sensitive the left ramp is always the peasant ramp the right ramp is always the dance mm-hmm. ramp. you know if you shoot that you're going to get that unless you're in a multi-ball or whatever sure sure that helped me a lot i never was a good follower of this whole like now the left ramp means mega millions now oh, the right, right ramp means blah 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 you know mm-hmm. it was like this is this that's that and i realized that when you hit it four times you can start a multi-ball that relates to that then i went two of them at the same time and that was the moment when i realized that you might want to hold off and not start your multi-ball and that there was a strategy and that you got more if you built it up more that was the defining moment where i was like oh my god Mm -hmm. this actually has layers this (laughs) has depth and this has risk reward and i love that feeling of pushing it as far as i could and then you're always on edge, like, should I cash out? Should I right. cash out? That, I love it's that It's like feeling. being in a casino, you know? It like, is a little bit. Time to... And then when you do it, you're just like, yeah! Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all madnesses. Sure. Although, you know, Kevin or whoever might argue that's not the best strategy. I don't care. That's how but I play it. it's the most it. fun. It's the most fun by far. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm
0: going to ask a couple more quick questions yeah, yeah, yeah. and then we're going to play uh, Name That Name Game. Name That Game, yeah. Uh, so, do you think... What, what's your experience been in contrast to other operators you know? Uh, like, you've got your games pretty concentrated you know Mm -hmm. so it's it's your home base and there are
2: some folks that have them scattered throughout the city like right um that is by design by the way yeah i i am often offered one-offs uh i want a game for my blah 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 and i generally turn those down because i really want to i feel like to maintain the level of quality that i want to i need to have that home base i need to be able to bring all my stuff plop it down hunker down and really do a lot of work and get to know the people well and develop the relationship. It's also part of why I've stuck with Full Tilt sure. specifically, and I've been waiting for them to open locations. The fewer new separate relationships and um, partnerships I have to form, the better, because mm-hmm. I think I don't know. Anyway, that's keep it totally streamlined. Understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a bit of a question,
0: put you on the spotlight. Uh, oh. If if there's another Full Tilt in the near
2: future, where do you think we would see it? What neighborhood? Um. I think that there's a... Man... (laughs) <laughs> I'm afraid to misspeak because I don't want them to be mad at me. I, I, I know just... that they want I don't think they'd mind me saying this. I know that they want to expand in the U-District Yeah, mm-hmm. the U-District one is just a hole in the wall with with one video game and no no pinball Sure, it's just um, so small. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of them finding the right spot I know that they've looked at Georgetown and they've looked at West Seattle There is a lot of talk about starting a proper barcade not even a full tilt but a barcade um, in West Seattle mm-hmm. So there have been a lot of and then there was lower Queen Anne that was another big oh, one yeah. that came and went um I think anywhere that makes sense, honestly. But U District is the one that I keep hearing. That would be
1: so great to expand that yeah. place.
2: Yeah, it would. So, uh, you guys might remember a few years
0: ago, Hooverville uh, had <laughs> that uh, fire, fire and uh, destroyed some games, like pinball machines. Up, uh, tragic. Know, they, they have their own special kinds of liabilities. Like, is there a way that you account for that? Do you have like a special operator insurance plan, or do you have something in conjunction with that? It's like it's covered under like the a business contract, or.
2: or well, that's and that is the doomsday scenario. That's the um, that's the fear always. Because yes. you're on
1: consignment, basically. Right? Yeah. And yeah. I feel like,
2: mm. you know, no matter what happens, I'll be OK because I can always go off into the sunset and sell my games and live for a couple of years off yeah. that money and yeah. then do whatever my next thing is. But if there is a giant fire or something, um, yeah, you pretty much have to get your own liability insurance every location i've dealt with has been like dude we've got you covered we have all this stuff every operator i've talked to i mean serious operators like i know this guy really well bill masterman who Mm -hmm. does like 1200 games Mm -hmm. in tacoma he says do not listen to them do never trust that cover yourself and yeah i've been a bit lax about doing that at times because it cuts pretty severely into the um earnings and also you need liability because someone could point you know Hurt themselves on a plunger and sue you. I've seen that happen. You. Yeah. Oh, well, not
1: the suing part, but I've seen people hurt themselves on plungers. I have too. Um, and well, you have to pay for your own entertainment license too, right? For each game.
2: Yeah, you pay a business license, and then yeah. you have to pay for each uh, a license for each game. If it's Every coin game. O- coin operated. Yeah. Right. Okay. One more question sure. that we'll play: uh,
0: Name that game. Uh, you know, clearly operating in Seattle is about as good as it's going to get. We've just got such a, a vibrant. Community pinball and arcade community. Where else w- would you operate? It's like both. <laughs> I, I'm gonna just go in ahead the world, and, or <laughs> sure. But uh, I, I'm gonna go ahead and assume and take off the table the uh idea of where would you start up and say you would have given it a shot somewhere probably if the if there was enough. Mm. But uh l- knowing what you know now, let's say you wanted to, m- you just decided that you wanted to move somewhere. Uh,
2: Where would you and where wouldn't you bother? Would you bother anywhere else? That's really that's that's a really tough question to answer because I feel like so many things have contributed to the resurgence of pinball in the area. Mm -hmm. Um, I think every single part has every every single uh, community that's come up has played a part in the overall whole, and without any of them, it wouldn't have happened. And I think that includes Seattle Pinball League, Mm -hmm. big time, the show, big time. Skill shot. Skill (laughs) shot, yes. No, really, skill shot. Skill shot was one of the early influences on me. You know, Mm -hmm. I was the first pinball gathering I ever went to and I was just a tinkerer and a collector. Brad and Gordon were there and they had skill shot. And I was like, whoa, this is like... And that also, you know... I was never like super punk like zine writer guy, but I always have been on the fringes of that. I've always mm-hmm. respected that greatly. Sure. So when Sometimes I saw it's the, crossover. that crossover. yeah, when I saw the crossover into pinball. That was that appealed heavily to me. The, totally, the sort of punk angle and the DIY angle, and that made me want to be part of it more. Mm-hmm. And actually, another thing that made me want to be part of it more was when I saw how much it was exploding in Portland, and I went down to a tournament down there, and they were kind of they were kind of being braggy about it, and like. Mm-hmm. When are you guys going to get Seattle going? You know, Portland, right. blah blah blah, and it directly lit a fire under me. And we go, Maybe we will get Seattle <laughs> yeah. going. Let's put <laughs>
1: ourselves on the map.
2: Okay. but I think it could happen anywhere. Yeah, I think that if the right people. I think that people are much too doom and gloom, and they say, you know, oh, it only worked in Seattle because of hipsters and blah blah. And that is simply untrue. Yeah, yeah. if you saw the people at Full Tilt who play they are every not day, hipsters. little kids, random middle class, or whatever, you know. Parents, just random people, older yeah. people. Mm-hmm. It, it appeals to everyone, and I think the thing I've heard more than anything else is that we we would have been playing this all along, and it just went away. Mm-hmm. And so, it's um, excellent to hear. Yeah, you yeah, just got to bring it out factors. there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, we do have so many things that help foster the scene here, and I, I do think that uh, it's, you know I I'm not going to address the whole hipster thing, mm-hmm. but it certainly doesn't hurt that in Seattle. The lines between, you know, the geek culture and nerd culture and arcade and gaming culture in general and what's just cool and trendy and hip, those lines are blurred or com- just completely gone. And that's not yeah. true necessarily. They're just a lot as of bad parts, as so. Robin Thick. Blurred <laughs> 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 <weird> lines everywhere. <laughs> um, but, you know, you're, I think you're right. It could ha- happen anywhere. So uh, let's do rapid fire. So, you, would you do it in Portland?
2: Yes. Okay, San Francisco? Absolutely, Chicago. Although I've heard Chicago, they have some yeah. weird licensing issues users. down there. That um, in San Fran. Yeah, I've heard that. I don't know if that's. Really I kind of
0: believe that. They, that, uh, that
2: shouldn't stop anyone, though. No. Mm-hmm. I, let me just say this real quick to anyone who might be listening. I, when I first got into this, I googled this or looked at pinball forums, and I just wanted to see, just to port with the idea of operating. And what I found were a lot of threads where old timer, bitter old timers, were going. Mm. Let me give you all the reasons why you shouldn't do this. Number one, so-and-so is going to sue you and you lose everything. Number two, oh blah, 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 All they did was just spout all this doom and gloom. And it came so close to scaring me away. And it makes me mad now, thinking back and thinking, those guys almost scared me away. And they didn't. I'm glad they did. And I hope mm-hmm. everyone else is glad that they didn't. And I feel like people out there are scared to give it a shot, and it's not—it's not that hard, actually.
1: Worst case scenario, you sell your game and you're back yeah, where yeah. you started. That'd yeah, you nice. can't
2: really yeah. lose on it. At worst, you just decide, oh, that wasn't that great, and you stop. So, anyone who's thinking about, it, although not around where I operate my game, oh, uh, <laughs> anywhere else, they should totally do it. Don't step on your turf. Tears <laughs> out there. And manage. So right. we're gonna quiz it's, you now. Yeah. yeah. Well.
0: Wait, Let's find a city where you wouldn't do it. Oklahoma City. Would you open a...
2: Well, I actually have, have a lot of experience in that yeah, area. It's I've funny you should ask. I've been involved right. with a couple yeah. people from Oklahoma, and I've spent a lot of time. i spent time in Tulsa. They have a great barcade in Tulsa, uh, and I think Oklahoma City, sure. Jacksonville, Florida. I don't know enough about Jacksonville. Probably not. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, then we'll move on to name that game. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Thanks, Bobby. Uh Let's see. I just got to pull it up here. And I was telling Bobby and Kayla, uh, of course, Kayla, uh, once again, is not familiar with the game that we're doing here. Uh, I was telling them earlier before we started that uh, today's Name That Game is a little tricky. Uh, It's mostly because I know that you know games pretty darn well. I mean, not that our other guests haven't. They certainly. certainly Oh, yeah. I'm a a bit bit nervous. You should be a bit nervous. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. That'll be fun. Think outside the box for this a bit. All right. You ready?
2: Yeah. You, do I get any, any clues or anything at all? We,
1: we get like five different um, yeah,
2: five sound bites, and the it's sound bites
1: get more obvious as they get... As, and it's yeah. it's
2: just a pinball machine of any era.
1: Well, it's going to be one with sound bites. Okay.
2: Sure. Yeah. So it's just going to be, gonna be identifiable. like... Yeah, I'm not gonna get,
1: yeah exactly. you're not going to okay. get an EM. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> um, okay. So uh, this one, you might not get... It, it might just be one of those things where either you know it or you don't. So let's find out. Oh, my God.
1: It's such the smallest little sound. I
2: know. It's going to be real <laughs> rough for the first couple sounds. Yeah, Sorry.
1: I say continue.
2: I can already tell this is going to be hard because I'm not really that dialed in on my solid state uh, sound effects. Totally fine. Like, and uh, yeah. don't don't get too hung up on
0: solid state. Okay. Ooh. Here comes Another one. goodness. <sighs> Want to take any guesses? Or... Did you
1: get these off of your iPhone? I did not get them off
0: <laughs> my iPhone. Someone sure? out there right now is like,
2: he doesn't know this. Right. <laughs> uh,
0: that's not a terrible guess. Um, y- you should note that the sound fidelity is pretty high for these uh, relative to like finding YouTube videos huh, uh, okay. at the last minute. So anyway, here's another sound coming up shortly.
2: Um... I mean, that sounds like q to me. <laughs> I know. I was
1: thinking it kind of sounds like some Nintendo something.
2: I would not be
0: shocked if this game called some sounds from other things.
2: Jeez, you guys really made it easy. Where's the Twilight Zone? Come on. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Let's keep it going, then.
2: Yeah. I think I'm being really cool. I think I'm at the yeah. point here I'm where sorry. I am not going to know. I All mean, right. it's just like... I don't know. I'm going to give a
0: bigger hint. Uh, this game was paradox- paradoxically much more popular at the peak of its popularity when pinball was at its lowest.
1: What is like episode one?
0: <laughs> Not quite. This was at the peak of its popularity when pinball was at its lowest. And also, I bet they didn't make much money off of it at all. So sense. here's another sound.
1: Oh, you're cruel. It sounds
2: awesome. I'll say yeah. that. It's fun. It um, <laughs> sounds like something uh And I
0: haven't played it for at least Oh, actually I take that back. You played <laughs> I, at uh, the show, huh? Uh no, I did not play it at the show, no. and I don't think you would find it at the show. Oh my god. Uh, I played it I haven't played this since two thousand nine. Um and it's job specific. There's a reason why I haven't played it since two thousand nine. You had one at a. was there
2: one where, one of your uh, i can't say i don't um, i
0: don't one know. more hint I honestly don't one know. more hint i assume that w- at, i would assume that at least one or both of you have played it before but you probably haven't played it for over a decade wow yeah think outside the box try this is really mean is it a can. zizzle or it's something
1: totally <laughs> cruel another
0: one God. All right. Uh, and I think the last. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Uh, okay. No, sorry. Don't wait. Go on. <laughs> I think the last sound that I have is just the game playing for a little while with the soundtrack. Okay. So you'll either get it or you don't, and we'll find Thinking out if I'm just a, a, of a jerk.
2: Okay. Is it a video pinball?
0: Hmm. Or a con?
2: Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Go on.
0: No. Um. Is that Night Moves or something like that? (laughs) I don't know. This is... So apparently, it's, this is just too
2: neat of me to It sounds
0: to really cool, but this is yes. Space Cadet Pinball. It was packaged with Windows ninety eight Oh, okay. I
1: almost was gonna guess that, yeah. but. Like, I started okay. to
2: think, yeah, it might be one of those. Obscure, I was thinking like Nintendo
1: uh, pinball. Not obscure, I guess. With like video. pinbot and
2: you know you know who would know that was Kay- is Kaylee. He actually mm-hmm. built a machine to play old PC pinball machines. Oh really? Yeah, wow, that's awesome. That's really neat. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I
2: I had that. You don't have that any one in to the you. back
0: of my, uh, I do, but we were going to use it for next episode that we are recording tonight as well. Oh. If you felt like, I mean, Kayla, if you want to do it, and then you'll just know it for the next episode.
2: Give me a shot.
0: It's up to you. That's fine. You want to do it? Okay.
2: I, I like that you went with space cadet though. That was pretty. That, if mm-hmm. I had known it, I would have been like, dude.
0: <laughs> well, I was going to spring it on somebody, so I mm-hmm. might as well. Might as well get it out now. All right, so here's here's the game that we have queued up for episode six. So, folks, you're going to hear this again in two weeks. I already got it. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right, there we go. <laughs> uh... Well, it might go pretty quickly here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well that's all I got, uh, Kayla. Anything else?
1: Uh, no, I don't think I have anything else. Thanks for having it, you know, be on the show, Bobby. That's great. Of
2: course. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I
1: guess I'll give one more shout out to the Pinball Podcast. Thanks for uh, check, continue to check us out, and I believe that they're from like what Texas, San Antonio? No, maybe New York. I'm just kidding, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I legitimately we think we're from that Seattle. Somewhat. They just keep saying that we're from Portland, well, like, so I have to kind of jab at them a little bit. It's Fair amazing enough. how many <laughs> people
2: out there just assume, just uh, lump us together. Right. There's yeah. like three hours difference. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Having gone to Papa and talked to some of those players, they see all of us. Oh, the same right. Player. Yeah. I never. Um, but yeah, thanks right.
1: for keeping to mention us. That's yeah. great. Thanks,
0: guys. We appreciate it. You know, we got to keep the community uh, together across this great nation. <laughs> so uh, Sorry. I always feel a little weird when I get patriotic. Uh, yeah <laughs> um, and happy birthday again america happy birthday america uh yeah we should get our plugs in uh, and consider that this is coming out probably mid-july or so mm-hmm. uh skillshot is having uh, an anniversary party uh first weekend of september first weekend of september so mark your calendar if you haven't already um we we got the regular business going on mm-hmm. for sundays uh babes in Pinland first is thursday
1: of first every month
0: first thursdays and um
1: Check the SkillShot calendar for all the rest of the weeklies.
0: That's right. Find us at skill-shot.com.
1: And I guess congratulations to the Soda Jerks for a full tilt Ballard for winning the pinball oh, Seattle you. season yes, this year. That was thrilling. Captain Bobby right here. That was uh,
2: that was really cool because, you know, people can say whatever, think whatever, but we I know we had a somewhat ragtag group and a lot of people <laughs> in, in our team were not confident in their skills. So to see them really pull through and thrive over the course of the couple seasons has been really great. So I'm super mm-hmm. proud of the guys. I don't personally care that much about winning or losing. I just think it's fun, <laughs> but I'm glad they do. And I think it's, yeah, it's been really great. I love the league, I love um, playing in all the different locations. And having people come see us who don't normally come out. Totally. Yeah. And it's just awesome. Everybody yeah. loves a
0: good underdog story in sports too. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I don't think many
0: people would call us the underdog. Yeah, no, I don't think they would but either. I <laughs> would Fair But like Slayers went twice in a row. They right? did. <laughs> yeah. There you go. They're right? the Yankees we were the one the they beat league. us last year. Oh yeah. And you huh. know well, if
2: you look, the Dodgers. If you look at the uh, top stats, uh-huh. like the people on our team you I don't think most people equate people like Alex Tada as like some of the best players. Oh, I do. I'm scared, do scared to play him. Yeah. Nothing against Tata, but I just never really thought, thought of it that way. And now I'm like, I just wow. remember
1: like the first time I played Attack from Mars with him and like what he did to that machine. And then people were like, oh, he owns one at his house. Like, he,
2: yeah, he cool. does own that game. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's the one game he owns. So he does. <laughs> well, he it.
1: owned it on me. That
0: day too. <laughs> so.
2: uh, any more plugs to, uh, today? Do you have anything you want to plug? Um, We don't have a regular tournament or anything like that now, but I guess just 20XX, 20 20XX 20 amusements on Facebook. If anyone wants to get in touch with me about operating. Or asking any questions, or maybe someone want to do something later on, open a spot or something like that. Let me know. Um, Also, thanks to you guys for doing this. This is super awesome. I love Skillshot. I've always loved Skillshot, and I think it's just great that you. We're here for you. you. Yeah, Yeah, thank (laughs) you. You you are. You are here for all of us. Mm -hmm. We really appreciate it,
0: and we appreciate you coming here and uh, being on the show with us. I'm honored. Totally cool. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys. Uh, We'll see you in a couple weeks.
1: All right. Thanks.